Hi, this is Paul James Caden. The show you are about to listen to deals with a very delicate and complex topic. But I would ask you, the listener, to listen to this show in its entirety. Don't listen up to a point to where you disagree with something and have that knee-jerk reaction or knee-jerk religious reaction where you just turn it off and say, well, I can't listen anymore because I believe those things are wrong or I was taught that these things are wrong. You know, many times what we think is being said is not actually what's being presented in its real context. And as far as something being wrong, well, there's always two sides to every story. And we're going to cover a lot of sides of this topic in this podcast. And I think if we listen to it, we're going to come out of the other side with a new understanding, a new perspective, at least something to think about to say, hey, you know what? That makes sense because a lot of these things do make sense. And I realize that for some people it's a little hard to grasp because this show brings into the light a spiritual path, a spiritual belief system that uh, some folks believe it's evil, it's wrong, it's occultic, it's against God, it's against Christ, it's against the Bible. But uh, really, nothing could be farther from the truth. And I hope you'll see that and start to get an understanding of that as you listen to this podcast. Because these first handful of episodes of Journey into Spiritualism is to really help us get a footing on what this is all about. And most times, it's not what we've been taught by other religions who have given us a very skewed version of spiritism or spiritualism. So I hope you'll continue to listen and listen to the podcasts in their entirety because there's always a lot to cover and this is by no means a, uh, a shallow person's uh, <laughs> podcast. We, we cover some pretty deep things here. Uh, but I think it's time for some deep things. You know, the old ways just aren't working anymore. Look what our world is becoming. Look what we're becoming. It's time to take a different look, a deeper look, and many times a more ancient look at exactly what we believe, what the purpose of life is, and where we're all headed from here. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Blessings to one and all and welcome to the journey into spiritualism. I'm Paul James Caden and today we are going to talk about and try to answer one of the most popular questions that most people have asked themselves or others throughout the decades, the centuries, for ages. And that question is, why me? 
Why is life filled with so many problems and tragedies and obstacles? Why do these things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does it seem that a good person living their life, taking care of their family, looking out for their neighbor, and suddenly there's tragedy, there's problems, there's obstacles. And meanwhile, the guy who lives next door to him, who may not have lived such a good life, in fact, that he might be uh, a pretty terrible person, well, it seems like he never has a problem in the world. He lives till he's 95, he has all the money that he needs. Everything just seems to go so well for him. Why did life, why did God treat so unfairly that good person who wasn't hurting anybody? Why did he lose everything that he had? Why did he end up dying prematurely before he even reached old age? Why do we have all of these problems, all of these trials and tribulations in our lives and upon the earth? You know, this is a question that people have asked through the ages, and I think they ask that question more so in modern days. A lot of people you hear say, why me? Why me? If something can go wrong, it does. It's Murphy's Law. What have I done wrong? What does God have against me? Did I, you know, am I a bad person? Am I doing something wrong? Why is this happening? And I really think the answer to that question is something that's been answered a long time ago throughout the ages. Whether you're talking about early Christianity, whether you're talking about Buddhism or, you know, early Islam, every religion that we can name on the face of the earth pretty much has taught at one time that there are going to be trials in our lives. Because earth, this world that we live in currently, is like a proving ground. It's like a school for the soul. And these trials, these tribulations, these problems, they happen to teach us and to help us to grow and mature as souls, as spiritual beings. It's even written in the scriptures that trials and tribulations will happen. We will be tested. Our faith will be tested. And spiritism and spiritualism holds to that ancient truth that all of the problems, all of the trials, all of the tribulations that we might have in our lives... They're happening for a reason. Now, spiritualism and spiritism believes and teaches that there are many levels to eternity. We have the physical universe. We have the heavenly realms where God exists and the angels and the spirits. But there's all different dimensions that go on probably into infinity. But also, spiritists and spiritualists believe that there is life on other planets 
Maybe not necessarily in our solar system, but maybe. But that there are what we would call aliens or alien civilizations out there. And some of them may be more material, like you and I, and others may be more ethereal. We, we can't see them. They would be invisible to us because they would be more spiritual, like an angel. And the reason for all these different levels of existence and all the different dimensions is because we as a soul are born into this world. And planet Earth is, as I said before, it's kind of the proving ground. It's kind of the school. It's the test. It's a place where we learn. But it can also be a place that we come to, to uh, spiritism calls Earth a planet of atonement, that you come here to make up from past wrongs that you've committed in previous lives. Now, I know for some people, reincarnation, they say, oh, no, I don't believe in that. And admittedly, I'm, in the, I'm on the fence about that as well. Uh, you know, none of us can really say, because we haven't been there yet, what the afterlife consists of. But it kind of makes sense to me, especially in spiritism, because we come from God, we're born into this world, if we live our lives well, and we learn all the lessons we're supposed to learn, we realize that we're growing, we're maturing as souls, as spiritual beings. We die, we leave this place, we go to a higher realm. And then we live there and we progress up until we're you know, ready to enter the full presence of God as a perfect and purified spirit. And that may be something that, you know, people will say, oh, no, I, I don't believe that either. But you have to think about it. We are taught that when we die, suddenly when the spirit leaves the body, that we're perfect. That we don't think the way we used to think. We don't have the thought patterns that we used to have. No, as a spiritual being, we are still us. And where we may see, see things from that higher perspective, we also have problems and habits and thought patterns and mistakes that we have to learn from and rectify. And so you may be a good person and you may die on planet Earth and it's not unheard of that you would ascend right to the, uh, the presence of God. That can certainly happen. But most people, it's kind of that journey to the full presence of God through the, the different dimensions as the, the spirit learns and it grows and it's purified and it sheds all of the old habits and ways that perhaps it learned in this earthly realm. But spiritism and spiritualism also believes that if a soul lives a very bad life, that it could be returned to the earth to learn its lessons all over again, or even descend to a lower spiritual realm, or what is called a, um, a hell realm, 
Now, that's not in spiritualism and spiritism. That's not fire. That's not eternal torment. It would be more of a place that's further away from the presence of God and where the soul really comes face to face with its own stubbornness, its own darkness. And it does go through a period of uh, mental or emotional torment. But that soul can always decide to look at what it's done and say, I was wrong. I'm going to change. I realize that these thoughts or these ideas or this attitude that I've been holding on to is not of love. It's not the way of God. It's not the way of heaven. I choose to release it. And then, of course, they can begin their journey toward God through the different dimensions and realms of heaven. But now the trials and tribulations that we go through in this world are generally things that the soul agrees that it will go through in this world. Because we are here to learn, we're here to get past the mental and spiritual darkness that we've picked up in this world or, you know, maybe another world that was a lower spiritual realm because it is said that you can go to a lower spiritual realm and then come back to the earth, learn your lessons, and then ascend from there. So each soul's journey is different. But most of us have to go through that that journey, that purification period. And it is not something that's unpleasant. If we pass the test here on planet Earth, uh, we go to a higher realm. Things are much more calm, much more peaceful, uh, a lot less materiality. And uh, it's, it's a very enjoyable process because each level as you go up that ladder toward the full presence of God, uh, it is more and more blissful, more and more light. So it's not like it's drudgery that you're dragging through, you know, trying to get yourself to God. It's it's nothing like that at all. The worst part of it would be actually life on earth and the realms below earth that would be considered the hell realms. But we we choose these problems or these problems are appointed for us before we come into this world. And the soul knows full well what it will be facing, what tests it must pass, what past wrongs it must make up for. In other words, uh, somebody may have been very selfish and verbally or physically abusive to people in their family uh, in a previous lifetime. And they will have to come back. They will have to learn the lesson. Maybe that soul takes upon itself to say, the next time in my next incarnation, I want to be the one who is abused rather than to be the abuser. Because then I can learn what I put other people through and grow past that. Now, all this can be pretty hard for some people to swallow. It used to be for me, too. And uh, again, I've always been on the fence with reincarnation. I'm... I have always been personally 
before I ever heard of spiritism or spiritualism, I always had this notion that the soul is, it comes from God, it is born in this world, and then from here it it does go through different levels, either higher or lower, and that soul begins its journey back to God as it works through problems and sins and old mindsets and ways of doing and thinking. And when I saw that in, in spiritism and spiritualism, I said, you know, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't necessarily uh, think that we come back here. Although, again, I'm not God. I don't know uh, how the afterlife works in its entirety. Nobody does except those who are there. But now some people might ask the question and say, well, what about Jesus? We, we can't pay for our own sins. Jesus uh, died for us. Well, the thing of it is, if you look back even in ancient Christianity, and, he, and here's where modern religion um, has really thrown us a curveball. Because we have been taught in our religions, you know, life is supposed to be this skating by, everything is good, if you have faith, if you pray, if you believe, if you do good, God will bless you, he will protect you, no bad will ever happen to you, life is cushy, and when something bad happens, you know, we see some people jump up immediately and say, oh, that was the devil, the devil's after me, the devil's trying to steal my blessing, he's trying to steal my health. But that's not what the ancient Christians taught. Modern religion has really given us a lot of bizarre ideas. And I know this might sound like a shock or is going to be a shock to some people. The idea of the atonement of Christ in early Christianity, first century, was not this evangelical fundamentalist notion that we have today. Jesus died, he paid it all, all we have to do is have absolute faith in him, and it's a one-way ticket to heaven, and our works are absolutely worthless. That was not the message of early Christianity. Early Christianity was, Jesus came, he showed us the way, he was a living example for us, He died for our sins. Through his atonement, he opened up the possibility for us to be in the presence of God. We're no longer alienated from the presence of God. However, it was up to us to live a virtuous life, to make the right choices, the right decisions, avoid sin. And if suffering came into our lives, we offered it up to God. We joined it to the suffering of Christ and would pretty much say to God, I don't, you know, I know there's a reason for this. And I accept it for the reparation of my own sins, the betterment of my soul, to learn the lessons I need to learn so that when I leave this physical world, I may be in glory, you know, with Christ and in the presence of God. So it was very different. The idea of atonement was quite different than this, Jesus died, we believe it once saved, always saved. 
because the early Christians absolutely believed that you could accept or believe in the atonement, but you could still walk away from it and um, descend into hell when you die. You, you could lose that salvation because you were not living your life and doing the works that were in concert with that faith and that salvation. So you just couldn't give it lip service and say, I believe. There were steps you had to carry out in order to achieve or to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So this is not a strange thing that spiritism and spiritualism believes and teaches. It's actually uh, much more in concert with the early Christian faith than uh, a lot of the evangelical fundamentalist and uh, splinter groups and sects that have come from those groups in, in Protestantism and uh, mainstream Christianity. Uh, those have been really... A lot of the old teachings have been lost in those movements. And we see a lot of people who hear these things and they recoil and say, no, but, or yes, but, or, but Jesus paid it all. And what they're really doing is parroting these modern versions of Christianity that have been kind of, uh, you know, sadly whitewashed to make life seem more cushy for the modern man and woman. But life was never meant to be that way. Did not Jesus himself say, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So this idea of a soul receiving that atonement, Jesus opening the way back to the Father, with the soul walking its journey, working out its salvation through fear and trembling and love and faith is not something that's completely unheard of. It's not something that's completely unrealistic. So a soul making its journey through those heavenly realms, working its way back to the full presence of God Almighty, actually seems a lot more realistic, a lot more merciful from a God of love than saying, okay, you get one shot, you're going to live on earth for how many years? Some people die in their teens, some people pass away in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, you're going to have this handful of years, even if you live 70, 80 years, it's really that not that much in the big scheme of things. And then you're going to be absolutely judged and either saved or condemned at the end of that by what you did or didn't do or how you believed or didn't believe according to certain churches and their doctrine. Because, see, that's another problem we have in the modern day is that Everyone says that our works don't count. Jesus paid it all. But it's all contingent on what we believe. So you could be the worst person or the best person in the world. 
But if you believe the wrong thing, you believe the wrong doctrine, you believe the wrong thing about Jesus, well, you could be um, rejected after that handful of years on earth and uh, sent to a burning lake of fire for all eternity. Now, you know, this doesn't sound very much like a God of love and mercy. Uh, the other, as we were talking about uh, taught in spiritism and spiritualism, seems a lot more merciful. And you have to think of it this way. A lot of people say, well, hell is forever. You can't go to hell and realize what you did wrong and then start making your way back to God. Well, let's think about the saying of Jesus when he told the parable of the servant who owed the king a lot of money, but he couldn't pay the debt. And the king said, well, sell his family into slavery, take all of his goods, and, uh, you know, uh, put him in jail, you know, put the servant in jail till he can pay his debt. And the servant pleaded for his life and the king forgave him. He said, you know, go your way, your debt's forgiven. And immediately that servant went out and found someone who owed him a little bit of debt and began to beat him and choke him and demanded that he be paid. And then when the master heard or the king heard about this servant who he just forgave all this debt, he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all of this debt, yet you went out and beat your fellow servant and had him put in jail, you know, because he owed you very little, you wicked servant. You know, I'm now I'm putting you in jail until you can pay your debt off. And Jesus said, so my heavenly father will do to you if you do not forgive others. And he spoke of jail, which was that archetype of hell, and he said, you will not get out. You will not get out until you pay the last farthing or the last penny. A lot of people don't understand that's where Catholics get the idea of purgatory from because they look at that verse and they say, well, he can't be talking about hell. He can't be talking about going to this lower spiritual realm and then getting out once the price has been paid. So it must be something else. Ah, we're going to call it purgatory. A place that's not quite heaven, but it's not quite hell. But there's nowhere else in the scriptures or in the teachings of Christ that would tell us that this purgatory is a spiritual reality. So perhaps what Catholics look at as being purgatory is actually the temporary stay in a lower spiritual realm or what we would call hell, but it is possible to get out once we pay the debt and learn the lesson that we should have learned here. So this is why we have trials. This is why we have tribulations in this life and in this world. They're to help us grow. They're to help us learn lessons that were helping us to pay our way, to pay for past wrongs, to walk that journey, pick up our cross and follow Christ. What does that mean to pick up our cross? It means that we will suffer. There will be suffering in this life. So Christ opened the way for heaven for us 
but we also must walk in his footsteps, pick up our cross, and follow him. In this world we will have tribulation, but take heart, for he has overcome the world. So walking in his footsteps, having faith in Christ, having faith in God, realizing that we're not going to glide through life without problems. Things are going to happen because our soul agreed to have these things happen for our own growth, our own learning, our own working out of salvation with fear and trembling. Why do we think the early Christians received with joy persecution and even martyrdom? Because they knew that this was something that purified their souls. They were suffering for their faith, for Christ. They had accepted that there will be suffering and persecution in this life, and they did so gladly, even, if, even as Jesus went willingly and silently to the cross. So to think in the modern day that religion is going to make our life so much easier or we have this prosperity gospel, you know, tithe and just have faith in God and in Jesus and, you know, quote scripture and everything's going to be, you know, a piece of cake. You know, that that is a, a gross misrepresentation and alteration of the ancient Christian faith. So again, we're not talking about anything strange or demonic and evil here that has been you know, planted into the realm of spirituality and Christianity by some demonic sect of spiritists, as some evangelicals would have us believe, because this is absolutely not the case. As I said before, spiritism and spiritualism actually uh, hold much more closely to the ancient faith than a lot of the modern churches and sects that we have today. But let's talk very briefly in closing why bad things can happen to good people and why the bad person can seem to live a long, healthy life, no problems. Well, I think spiritism explains this very well in that the good person may die early. He may die in his 40s or his 50s or his 20s. But it doesn't mean he had a target on his back or God was punishing him for some such thing. It actually means that everything, when we see people die early or die young, we often say, why did that happen? Or why did that happen to that good person? Well, spiritism teaches us that those are souls who learned all of their lessons. They walked out their time on this earth the way they should have. Their time here is up. The soul need not stay in this realm anymore. It is now time for them to ascend into the higher realms. They've done their job, and they've done it well. And now it's time for a more blissful existence, a more blissful level in the spirit realms, going back to the presence of God. And the bad person 
may still be here because God in his mercy isn't showing that bad person favoritism and the good person, uh, you know, anger or wrath for taking them early. No, the good person did what they were supposed to do. Their time in this world is done. The lessons have been learned. They've graduated. But the bad person living till he's 95 or 100, God in his mercy is giving that soul more time to learn its lessons and grow so it can evolve when it leaves this world. So see, there's a balance there. It's like a student going to school, say they're in the fifth grade. One student does his work diligently, he passes, he goes on to the sixth grade. Another student cuts class, he doesn't do his homework, he messes around all the time, he doesn't take his work seriously. Well, what happens? He's held back in that grade. He's given more time or another year to learn what he should have learned the first time. See, it's the same concept, and it's not unrighteous, it's not unfair, it's how we perceive it. We have this modern day, especially in the, um, the Western nations, that good people should be prosperous and live good, long, healthy, prosperous lives, and the bad people should be punished. They should lose everything, they should die early, and they should be cast into hell. But that's our human reasoning. God doesn't think that way. God isn't punishing us by giving us these trials. God loves us and he always walks with us. The angels are always there for us. The spirit world is always very close to us, working with us, showing us love, kindness, guidance, and mercy. And see, sometimes what we think we see going on in the material world isn't necessarily what's really happening. And when we understand that those trials, as the early Christians did, they had a trial, they would praise and thank God, I have this opportunity to grow in my faith, to be strengthened and to learn patience, to become more like Christ through my suffering. We don't see uh, a whole lot of modern-day Christians anywhere doing that. When they go through suffering, they say, oh, this is from the devil, or, you know, oh, God is punishing me. What have I done? Why is this happening to me? Because the perspective is so far removed from what the early Christians were. And if we get back to that perspective where when the trials happen, we say, oh, I understand why this is happening. My faith will be tried in fire. There will be tribulation. There will be problems. But I'm thankful. I'm patient. I rejoice. I take on the task. I meet this challenge. I meet this problem, whatever it is, with faith and patience and courage and conviction because I know it's there to help me grow. I know it's there to help me walk in the footsteps of the Master. It's there to make me more Christ-like in my life and in my journey. 
And then a lot of that fear and uncertainty and anger and depression starts to spill away. Because we see that everything that happens in life happens for a reason. And we've all heard that said. Everything that happens happens for a reason. And it does. And when we know that, when we accept that, when we know this event isn't taking us or God by surprise, he knew it was coming. Our soul agreed that we would go through this trial before it came here. So now it's time to roll up our sleeves, get to work, learn, so we don't have to repeat the fifth grade the next time around or be demoted to uh, a lower grade. And I'll tell you something, folks, when you realize these things and you shift that perspective back to the ways of the old Christians who willingly allowed themselves to be persecuted and tortured and martyred, and they had no fear, they had no complaint, they didn't say, why me? They didn't say, this is unfair. They say, didn't say, God, what are you doing? I followed you and this is how you pay me back. I hate you. Like so many people say today when they get angry at God. No, they went peacefully, quietly, willingly, even many times rejoicing that this trial was put before them and that they could walk through it. And many knew many times they weren't going to get to the other side of this trial alive, but that was okay. Because on the other side of that trial was God, was Christ, was mercy and bliss like they've never known. And that's the perspective we must take. And I'll tell you, when you do, you'll begin to look at life and the things that happen to you in such a different, more calm, even-headed, even-thought way it's it's just amazing and then you start to look around at all the stuff that's happening like currently we're going through the pandemic there's all this upheaval in the world well there's a reason for all of that god is speaking to us god is causing us to look in a mirror right now and calling us to change and to grow, not only as individuals, but, but as a society, as the human race on earth. And it's each and every one of our choice, whether we learn that lesson and grow or want to continue to hold on to that ignorance and stay where we are. So I hope you got something out of this today. This is a really deep subject. And in our next uh, podcast, we're going to talk about how spirit helps us and influences, influences us and gives us guidance in our life through these trials, through these problems, through our earthly life. And that's going to be a very interesting podcast as well because we're not going through this alone. 
We have each other. We have God. We have Jesus. We have the angels. We have all the good spirits in the heavenly realms who are there to help us. And we're going to talk about how they do that in the next show. So I hope you learned something. I hope this helped shift your perspective a little bit. As always, I thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay well. Stay on the journey. Keep reaching for the light. And I'll see you next time on the journey into spiritualism.